towns have their legends, their folklore, their witches, their ghosts. And some towns have their monsters. Whether real or imagined, these monsters make their mark on the people and the community. Sometimes the mysterious monsters inspire hunters all over the world to search for them, like the Yeti or Bigfoot. And if you've listened to one of our regularly scheduled episodes, you know very well that sometimes the community monsters are very real and very brutal. Sometimes the most legendary monsters are of flesh and bone and walk on two legs. But for some communities, the distinction between man and beast is blurred. If there is a divide between man and monster, it might as well be gone. Hey, I'm Sarah of Fairy Tale Tales, and for today's creature feature, we're going to be looking at a monster that no one is quite sure what to make of. The Beast of Bray Road. Drive around the rural outskirts of Elkhorn, Wisconsin, and you'll likely encounter large tracts of farmland, maybe some horses and cattle. You might see fellow drivers out and about enjoying their day too. If you're lucky though, or unlucky depending on your perspective, you also might just find something you can't put a name to. As you drive along the lonely stretch of road, alone save for your thoughts and the staticky radio, you might see a large, hulking shape just at the edge of your high beams. From so far away, it could just be a dog, a coyote, or even a wolf, given the geography. But the more you look, the less likely those options seem. So you stop your car to get a better look, because something just seems so off about the whole thing. Could a German shepherd get that big? Do coyotes really crouch down like that? Can a wolf stand on its hind legs like so? Suddenly, you're not alone anymore. The creature, whatever it is, turns its glowing eyes at you and starts running your way. Once the shock wears off, you slam your foot on the accelerator only to see a quick flash of those eyes in your rearview mirror. After several minutes that feel like hours, you carefully look around the darkness that engulfs your car and you see nothing. You breathe a sigh of relief mixed with cold fear. Was that real, or did you make it up? It's easy for me to sit here and speculate what an encounter with such a beast would be like, but for some individuals, they don't have to speculate because they had a similar encounter with such a beast. The first reported sighting of some kind of beast on Bray Road occurred in 1936. However, it was not sighted frequently, or at least not reported thoroughly, until 1989 through 1992. Other instances, including in 1964 and 1972 respectively, were speculated by many to be werewolf encounters. These are their stories. The first big sighting and report of some kind of beast on Bray Road, and the one that really went public, occurred on no other day than October 31st, 1991. A young woman named Dorisneen Gibson was driving along Bray Road near Delavan on the way to pick up a young girl for some trick-or-treating. She momentarily took her eyes off the road just to change the radio station when she felt the right front tire of her car jump as though she had run something over. Obviously concerned about what might have happened, she stopped the car and got out to see, 
However, there was nothing to see. There was nothing on the roadway or around her car. As she was looking around the darkness, rural country road, remember, she suddenly saw a dark, hairy shape racing toward her. While she couldn't tell what it looked like from 50 feet away, she could tell that it was big and bulky, like a guy who works out a lot, or maybe a space boy with the upper body of an ape. Startled by its approach and the sound of its heavy feet, she dashed back into her car and tried to drive away. Before she could move, the creature leaped onto her trunk. When she started to drive away, though, the car was too wet and too slippery for the creature to hold on, and it fell off onto the pavement. When Doris passed by the same spot later that evening with the child, she saw a large form on the side of the road. When she saw it moving, she sped off away from the scene with the doors quickly locked. Not knowing exactly what it was and thinking it was perhaps a bear angered from being hit by a car, she told the neighbor of the event and even had scratches on the side of her car to prove something had happened. The scratches, after all, were close together and looked eerily like claw marks. As word spread about Doris had seen, more people came forward with weird sightings near Bray Road, including a startling event from 1989. One night in the fall of 1989, 24-year-old bar manager Lorian Andreezy was rounding a quarter on Bray Road, only about a half mile from the event I just mentioned that would happen later, when she spotted what looked like a person kneeling and hunched over by the side of the road. When she slowed down, she was only about six feet away from the figure, and what she saw was disturbing. In a moment that lasted maybe 45 seconds, she saw not a person, but some kind of beast with grayish brown hair, pointed ears, and fangs. She described its face as long and snouty, like a wolf. She also noticed his eyes. While her headlights were not pointed at him, she could see his eyes glow yellow, much like how an animal's eyes will reflect with car lights. Whatever this creature was, its chest was wide and powerful with muscular arms and human-like fingers with claws. The sighting of this thing really unsettled Ndrizi. She stated that it appeared so human-like it was scary. She had no idea what it could have been until she saw a book at her local library with a werewolf on the cover. That was the closest thing to which she could describe it. After hearing Doris Gibson's account years later, she contacted the Lakeland Animal Shelter and her mother contacted a local newspaper writer, Linda Godfrey. Godfrey published a story on December 29, 1991. It contained basic information about the sightings, with the woman's names as pseudonyms. It also contained scanty information about the other sightings and weird occurrences, like how chickens had been stolen and that another family who lived near Bray Road had sightings of the beast. A woman named Karen Bowie said her daughter, age 11 at the time, had seen the beast in 1989. They thought they had spotted a large dog outside until the creature stood up. The county humane officer stated he believed people were probably dressing a coyote, but conceded that a lot of people believed there was something out of the ordinary going on and he didn't know what to make of it. The summer before the rash of sightings was reported, Humane Officer John Fredrickson encountered an odd situation along nearby Willow Road. He found a dozen or so animals dumped on the side of the road, and he believed that some of them had been used for cult rituals. 
Apparently, some of the animals had ropes tied around their back legs and their throats had been slit. Some were decapitated and some were dismembered in various ways. A dog, for example, had its chest cavity split open and its heart removed. Some of the animals matched descriptions of local missing pets. More reports began to circulate as well regarding humane officer imposters stealing dogs and occult graffiti being discovered near Bray Road. Some people wondered if the satanic activity and the beast of Bray Road were somehow connected. Another sighting near Bray Road occurred October 1989. Local dairy farmer Scott Bray reported seeing a strange-looking dog in his pasture. The beast was larger and taller than a German shepherd, had pointed ears, a hairy tail, and long gray and black fur. A man named Russell Guest of Elkhorn reported also seeing the creature around the same time. He said it was much larger than a German shepherd, and while standing upright, he appeared about five foot tall. It had an oversized dog or wolf-like head with a big neck and wide shoulders. In March 1990, Elkhorn dairy farmer Mike Eaton spotted something along Bray Road around 2 a.m. In the moonlight, he swears he saw a dark-haired creature bigger than a dog, sitting like a raccoon sits and using its front paws to hold onto something it was eating. Its head was thick and wide with a snout shorter than a dog's. He thought maybe it was a bear, but other sightings made him question otherwise. To be clear, he was drinking this night. In early February 1992, Tammy Bray had perhaps one of the last sightings of the beast. Around 10.30 p.m., she was driving along Highway 8, about six miles southwest of the Bray and Hospital Roads intersection, when a dog-like animal crossed the road in front of her. Whatever it was, it had a broad chest, pointed ears, and matted brown and black fur. With its narrow nose, thick neck, and shining yellow eyes, she was pretty damn sure she wasn't looking at a dog. Sightings of the beast died down after this, but not everything quieted down. In January 1992, a reputable businessman claimed to have seen two bright lights emitting sparks moving erratically across the sky. Later that spring, John Fredrickson investigated the discovery of four or five horses found with their throats slashed with near-surgical precision. So, what is or was the Beast of Bray Road? Nobody is really certain. Descriptions of the beast don't match with coyotes or the native red wolf. Gray wolves are much larger, but not native to the area, and according to Jerome Clark, Don Grobner of the International Wolf Research Center in Minnesota stated the creature could not have been a wild wolf. Perhaps the beast is Shunka Warakin, a creature said to have lived in the wilds of the upper Midwest. This was said to be a wolf-like animal known to the Native American populations and early settlers. The dog hyena creature, whose name means carrying off dogs, actually seems to fit the description. Maybe it's a genuine werewolf or a dog-wolf hybrid that adapts to walk on its hind legs. Most of us have probably seen dogs learn how to get around with three legs or even two. Hey, if a poodle can dance on two legs, a desperate wild creature can probably learn how to do the same, especially if it means survival. If you want to learn more about this beast, you can read Linda Godfrey's book, The Beast of Bray Road, Tailing Wisconsin's Werewolf. 
You can also check out the documentary The Bray Road Beast, which is available on Amazon Prime. And uh, you can hear some eyewitness accounts of beast sightings near Bray Road. I hope you guys enjoyed this little creature feature today. Um, if you want to learn more, seriously, do a Google check. It's There's a lot of cool stories. Um, you know, I think American folklore and creatures are really cool and just as cool as like the old school mythological stuff. Um, but if you want to connect with us, you know, we are real. We exist. We can, we can prove it for the most part. Um, pretty sure Megan's not a wolf or a werewolf. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Shit. She might be a werewolf, guys. Um, if you want to find out whether Megan is or is not a werewolf, you might want to check our social media channels. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, uh, Fairy Tall Tales. Uh, you can also <laughs> find us on our website, fairytalltales.com. Uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't. Um, tell your friends if you, hey, maybe if you know somebody who has seen the Beast of Bray Road or a similar werewolf creature, uh, you should totally let me know. You can do so very, very easily by sending an email to fairytalltalespod at gmail.com. It's been real fun, guys. Um, make sure you stay tuned for next week's full-length episode. Megan will be back in her human form, I swear. Uh, <laughs> well, we have some uh, cool, interesting stories coming up for you guys. So have a great rest of your day, rest of your week, rest of your whatever. I'll, uh, we'll see you soon. Bye.